how much research and what do you put into this show? I don't understand it. I put zero into this show. Get out I of watch town. it. I barely watch the show. I'm a back end boy. I do oh. back end stuff. <laughs> okay, what? clip that. Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso will have 34 episodes by the time the third season concludes on Apple TV. Today we're talking about episode one, which was called Pilot, originally airing August 14th, 2020. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me, as always, the boys, Nick, Joe, and Guano. Fur can't be here this week. What's going on, guys? Hello. Hello. You piss off, you fat twat. <laughs> I love the English accent so much. Yeah. I love the word twat so much. It's a great word to use, but saying it as twat, I find much funnier. Yeah. It sounds like when you step in a puddle. Twat. What? <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm sorry. As I'm doing the intro, realize this is one of very few episodes that we've done so far, shows that we've covered that are still like running as we're covering them. Is this our first Apple TV show? That's what I was going to say. First Apple TV. Yeah, I think it is. I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I don't have Apple TV, so I don't even know what else Apple TV has as an original. They've got a bunch of stuff there. We've talked about this. Movies. I I think we've only talked about it in the chat before, but they are terrible at advertising mm-hmm. yeah. like they just do not advertise their shows i feel like they just put everything into this show because i see ted lasso stuff everywhere yeah I what do else too. do i watch on apple tv that i i never see advertised i can't think of it right now uh oh um nope never mind i thought it was something else I, i'll think of it and i will back, say but... i did get the seven day free trial like a year ago when that beastie boys documentary came out because i really wanted to see that and it was like the one time I ever was smart enough to be like, cancel trial before they right. charged me. So all I watched was, I think the Beastie Boys documentary and the Velvet Underground documentary came out like the same week. I watched both of those and were like, those were cool. And then have never been on Apple Plus again. Yeah, I don't have like anything Apple. So it's not like on a weird, like I'm not boycotting them. I just don't. So I don't have you like. just like being the green bubble in everyone else's blue world. Uh, I don't care about that stuff as much as you elitists do. But it's interesting because they Apple does a really good job of alienating non-Apple users. Like, they yeah. want that. True. Right? Regardless of what they say, that's what they want. And so, like, for some reason, when Apple TV, when you hear about Apple TV, as somebody who's not a native Apple user, I just feel like, oh, there must be something about it. I can't, I won't be able to use it. Yeah, you like, it's I mean? not like, I don't have my not, iTunes yeah. account. I don't have this stupid shit that I'm, I'm going to need when in reality, it's just another Netflix. It probably has a wire that, that only works. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. I will say this though. I have an Apple TV device. You don't get like Apple yeah, TV, right. the channel for yeah. free with it. I have it as like a streamer in my uh, living room. And last night we were looking at it. Apparently Tubi does their own doc, like originals now. And there's like this big documentary coming out about Menudo and the Menendez brothers. My wife and I were talking about it, and she's like, It's like, like one know. thing? Oh, it's insane. Oh, it came out in the news already. So 
they're basically saying now that Daddy Men- Daddy Menendez, who was one of the ones who were killed, maybe possibly raped one of the members of Menudo. And now okay. they're thinking they might be able to actually, like, reopen the Menendez brothers' trials case. It's a whole huge thing, right? So we wanted to, like, rewatch some stuff about the Menendez brothers. And the first thing I found was, like, a documentary that was a Tubi original. So after eight minutes of laughing at the words a Tubi original, <laughs> I tried to download an Apple TV and it kept being like, you have to use your Apple password. I was like, why? Why does yeah. Tubi need to know my app? Like, so I get it. It's a fucking nightmare. Also, the other show I was thinking about is uh, Mythic Quest, which is fucking fantastic. But it's again, it's it's one of those shows you do not see advertised. And I want to take a quick moment to pause and remind everyone to go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to follow us on social media, everywhere to listen to us, all that fun stuff. Rate, review, subscribe, comment. You know the spiel. But um, yeah, Ted Lasso, this is a show that up until we're covering it now, I've heard about it a million times. I see stuff everywhere. I feel like Ted Lasso is a show that's marketed to look like it's more popular than it is. I'll agree no, with it's that. pretty popular. I don't no. talk to anyone who says they watch Ted Lasso all the time, though. Like, it Me just doesn't too. come up in, like, pop culture. You don't see, like, a lot of memes that are I Ted Lasso. I think it's probably and... more uh, popular overseas, you know, in London, sure. you know, where it's... Oh, okay, yeah, I mean, I can, see see, I can see why it would be like that. When, so when I go what... to a store and I see Ted Lasso board games and things like that, and I'm like, huh? This show is not that big. Like, I'm with you, Jay. Anytime I go to Target, I'm like, why do they have, like, a million Ted Lasso Funko Pop? Saying, yeah. why do they have, like, a Monopoly and all that? Like, I've never heard of It doesn't of feel like it's show. on that tier of show. That's the thing. No, I think right. that's, like, reserved for, like, Seinfeld, Friends, the, yeah. the Office, things like that. It hasn't reached that at all. This seems almost thought... like a Cobra Kai type of TV show where, like, everyone kind of knew about it, but then it got to Netflix and everybody, like, lost their mind that's about the thing. it because nobody I feel has like... YouTube Red or whatever, you know? Yeah, and I think of... Ted Lasso was on Hulu or Netflix, I feel like it would be a much bigger show, but Apple TV's subscriber count must be a fraction of what those other ones are. Right. Are you familiar with, like, the the birth of Ted Lasso? Did you look into that at all? It's through yeah, the Olympics, so, right? So, you know, um, yeah, Margaret and Scott Lasso got together. No. The character hour labor. Ted Lasso. Um, it was Olympic promos, right, for NBC? It was NBC promoing the fact that they carried Premier League coverage now. And so they te- uh Jason Sudeikis and Brett Goldstein who I believe not no I'm sorry Brett Goldstein is Roy Kent. Brendan Hunt who plays the coach Beard. The second coach. Yeah. Uh they came up with this character before that commercial and they decided to use it for the commercial. And it's essentially the same thing only Ted Lasso in the commercials is much more um like strict and like in the players' faces style. And so it's obviously been touched up to be on this show. But it's crazy to think that this character existed on a television screen, albeit a commercial, you know, 10 plus years before the actual show. Yeah, it's really made. taken on that like caveman uh, style approach. Well, it's like right, yeah. Only it was, you know, the big difference is that it's successful. Well, can it I, was given a fair shot. I can I pitch an idea to you guys here about this show? cavemen playing soccer yeah yeah great show they're kicking rocks though and they keep breaking their legs and they're like well this is not gonna work for anybody this tv show i'm watching it right i'd never seen it and i'm like why is this so familiar this is just major league it's major league yeah it's the I was plot gonna get into for major league yeah. yeah 
the husband loses the uh, team and the angry wife takes over. Her yeah. ultimate goal is to tank it, hires a coach she thinks will tank it, has a slimy second guy who works there. They cut to the fans talking shit all the time. It's literally just yeah. the plot of Major League. I never realized that, but yeah, that's... Yeah, I literally have that specific thing written down, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a specific point where, where it really flagged me. I also um, don't think I've seen Major League in 25 years. So. Oh, I watch so it good. every spring for baseball. Not everyone will agree. I think it's one of those movies I prefer two over the original. Oh, nobody's going to agree with that, buddy. Nobody. I, number I think one a is, lot of people would. Enough of that ole shit. You don't get the good the good jokes in... Uh, Joe Boo is not part of part two the way he's part of part one. He's in part two, though. He's not Joe Boo. I'm not going to I'm not gonna go over this with you because you prefer Grease 2, which is <laughs> Grease 2 insane. is a superior film. Reproduction is the best song to ever come out of Grease. Good song, but... Um, Where to ask you guys, I already said I hadn't, I hadn't watched the show, but did you guys watch Ted Lasso? Have you watched it? No. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm fully caught up. Like it's, uh, a Tuesday night event for us, like finish eating and we're watching Ted Lasso. Like it is also the interesting thing is it switched to an hour episode. Really? I don't know oh. when they, they, it started as a 30 minute and I could be, it could be the pilot was only 30 minutes. I meant to look and I forgot. So that's bad homework on me. I'm very happy because if you brought us an hour long show, yeah, yeah. I would have quit that the fucking podcast. Flipped, yeah. I would not have been able to handle that. Vito. After I had suggested this, we were watching one of the episodes and I was like, this feels long. And I checked and it was a 48 minute episode. And I was like, uh oh, did I just suggest an hour long episode? And I looked and the pilot was 30 minutes. So at some point, I also think it's probably one of those like Netflix, HBO Max type of things where it doesn't matter how long the episode is. If they want to get more content in, they can add minutes to the show. It doesn't. So I can confirm all of season one were 30 minute episodes and checking the beginning of season two, 30 minutes. So maybe it's just the season three. Yeah, maybe they flipped it for that third season. So Jason Sudeikis has always said, even before the show started, he only wants three seasons. He has never intended for this to go longer than three seasons. Any particular – did he give a reason for that? Or No, I think he just had the whole story in mind, and it lasted three seasons. It just that, – that was the thing. The, I'll be really curious to see because even as the show is progressing, it's getting more and more popular, and people are Hard freaking out back. about – like Stephen – he was on Stephen Colbert – and he was asking him about the three seasons thing, and and Jason Sudeikis wouldn't really. He obviously didn't get specific about it and give him a solid answer. But with the popularity of it, I wouldn't be surprised to see it keep going. Even I, I mean, this uh, is just me wanting to see it keep going. That's a great leverage point too, if you want to make a buttload of money. <laughs> yeah, it so, really yeah, that's is true. I can also show see that it... I think we could do sometime too is Vice Principals, which is an HBO show with Dan McBride and Walton Goggins. Oh yeah, yeah. But that's one of those shows too where they literally said, "Hey, we wrote three seasons. That's it. We literally wrote every episode, and this is the whole story arc. We're not doing another one." And they stuck to it. And you got to give credit to that. Like, yeah. I hope Sudeikis stays with it and like keeps his vision, whatever that is. Right, because I think stuff will get yeah, diluted. Let it there get are a lot of like, sitcoms we watch where the last season is not good. That's easy right. to do though when you are already a successful person, like Jason Sudeikis, who's like in charge of this whole project, who has other things he can do, and it's already you sure. know it's a lot easier to be like, you know what, 
this is it. This is like artistically, this is all I want to do. I'm out. Whereas anyone else is just like clawing for as much episodes sure. and money as they can get. Yeah. yeah. And he did like what eight years on SNL? I don't know his specific length, but he, I mean, he had a, a, long, a long run. That's where I know him from. Okay. So he plays <laughs> Wait, Ted Lasso. Sorry. <laughs> How much research and <laughs> what did you put into this show? I don't understand it. I put zero into this show. Get I watch town. it. I barely watch the show. I'm a back end boy. I do oh. back end stuff. <laughs> okay, what? clip that. I'm a back end boy. All right, time stamp. Uh, I'm so glad I have my new text tone. The uh, the so my arm kind of had to get twisted to watch this show, um, for two reasons, and I think it's probably part of the reason, or half of this is probably part of the reason why you don't hear a lot of people doing it. The basis is about soccer, okay? And that Football. is not the most popular sport in the U.S. by a long shot. To Although be fair, though, that sure. doesn't mean anything. I mean, no, sitcoms it are based on all sorts of stupid shit. And like, second, I was never the biggest Jason Sudeikis fan. I always thought he was just like the goofy guy from SNL. Like, and that was like the, the – there wasn't much depth to him, really. So I watched the pilot episode twice, at, well, now three times, um, and I just, you know, I was forced to keep watching it, and I'm glad I was because it really opens up. But, uh, yeah, I, the the initial premise and of the show, the main character, I was not into it. And I want to cut in real quick with this one, too, because I always want to do this every episode, but often forget. So on IMDb, I like to do the show as a whole, not so much the episode. The show is is an 8.8, .8 is the IMDb rating for Ted Lasso. And on Rotten Tomatoes, the average tomato meter is 92%, with 84 for the average audience score. So all in all, when you look at kind of all those numbers together, you're talking kind of like a B-plus show. That's kind of where that ranks as far as all these different metrics. Okay. Here's right, a question for you guys. And Nick, you made me think of this because you said that you thought the new season was going to be longer. I like this show. Is this a sitcom? I think technically no. I think it's no. listed as a comedy drama. We're yeah, like batting a thousand lately. I feel like we're on like a three game streak here where we're really like, is this a sitcom? Is this a like, sitcom? I was having a conversation with a avid listener today of our podcast where I said the same thing where I was like, I'm torn on the green light or cancel on this one because I also can't even gauge if I think this is a sitcom. Well, I feel like uh and for those of you who listen every week, you know last week we just did Baskets, which I feel is absolutely not a sitcom. I feel um, Baskets is so. more of a sitcom than this. I, I will give you that. Mm. I, I will say that as much as I didn't like Baskets, that was way more of a sitcom without the laugh track. Huh. This, like, that that's all Baskets was, was a sitcom without a laugh track. This is... No, I would a, argue... Dark humor, I think, feel, falls into, like, a different spectrum a lot, where... This, uh, no, this isn't a sitcom at all. So, I want to lean towards, I don't think it's necessarily a sitcom. I like it. I just don't necessarily think it's a sitcom. Well, don't I don't think there's hat. a lot of comedy other than the fact that the main character is comedic in his demeanor. Right. It's one of those shows, yeah. too, that, I mean, you get a glimpse of it in this episode, and, and we'll get into it, I'm sure. But it can go from light to dark. Not dark, but light to serious. This got dark. Yeah, and like it gets it it does that often, but the, it's tough to do. So you have to be good at it, and I think they are good at it because the light needs to make up for it, and most of the time it does. Like it's at this point, we might as well get into the actual meat and potatoes of the episode. 
So the first scene, we see um, just various clips of kind of a somewhat high-impact soccer practice uh, with God Save the Queen playing in the background by the Sex Pistols. Um, And also, I want to apologize. I'm going to say soccer for most of this episode, so I know we have a lot of listeners out of this country, and I know it's football. I apologize. I grew up in America. It's soccer here, and that's what I'm used to. It's of no disrespect if you are very passionate about the sport. Did you say fruit ball? Foot. F-U-T. Football. Football. Footy ball. Not fruit ball. I will say, I have a lot of friends who are big uh, football fans, and I do think, I'm, I, I think if you're people, I imagine most people are, of around our generation from the U.S., we've been told our entire lives, hey, like, soccer is going to be huge. Soccer is going to be huge. And I was always like, we'll see, we'll see. But in the past five years, every time... Oh, yeah, it's changed a lot. It's huge. Now, World Cup last year, I was like, please stop posting on Instagram about the World Cup. Yeah. Like, it was that big of a deal. So I think it's really... And going to bars, you know what I think the thing that would change it from a dumb American point of view, and I think I can say this is like a not big sports watcher fan, I don't love American football. I think the smart thing about that and what makes it so easy to watch on TV is the cameras are so close. When they do like yeah. World Cup matches or whatever and they're like, here's the camera and it's 7,000 feet away. You're like, it's not easy to watch at a bar. It's like You're playing like the video game, screen. you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's... They need to figure out the like string camera bullshit that like NFL does to like make it's it It's funny too more... about, so I could be wrong about this, but I think this is a fact about soccer. Not all soccer pitches the fields are the same size they're all the same length but they can be different widths hmm. so i imagine that would change your camera perspective depending yeah. on where it is too I that think sounds like us, a nightmare like why why wouldn't you standardize it i think well, it's baseball's the same league. way like, this is premier league fo- football mm. and that's different than other it's like being like canadian football is different than american football right like it's different size fields and it's in stadiums Premier League is like the NFL and there's other leagues that are smaller and they might have different size fields because it's a smaller. Well, it's not even that too, because the way it works is so there's the Premier League, which is like you said, it's like the NFL. But then there's I think it's called the Championship League, which is right below it. And every year in the Premier League, I'm going to get fucking bulldozed for this, for getting this wrong, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. But this is, I'm not going to pretend I know anything about this. The dumb American understanding of it. The the team that comes in last place in the Premier League gets bumped down to the Championship League for the next season. And then the first place Championship League moves up to the Premier League. So you really don't want to suck because you're not on prime time anymore if you're the worst team on the Premier League because then you get dropped. If that's accurate, I fucking love that in every sport. It is a really that. cool concept. It right? is it's a, a really great cool concept, concept that every sport should do. I would watch sports much more uh, frequently if that was the case. Yeah, if there's like some sort of elimination. But I think because of that, the Championship League is not like minor league like we consider it. I think the Championship League is still very popular. Um, it just the teams aren't as good. And at the bottom of the championship league is probably really bad teams that aren't really mm. worth watching. Um, but, yeah, it's just a really interesting concept. And I, I want to kind of wrap it up with this thing because um, I do want to talk about the episode itself. One thing that I think 
kind of affects the growth of the sport in this country as far as having our own league in like MLS is this is kind of one of the only sports where it's so established outside of here that we're so used to in the U.S. people coming here from other countries to join our league. And that doesn't happen as much here because the talent and the prestige is outside of the U.S. Whereas your top right. tier, like a lot of hockey players and stuff like that, or basketball players will all migrate to the U.S. to join our league, whereas that's not really the case with um, no. the MLS and stuff like that. But to talk about Ted Lasso again, we um we pan over to the field um and we get to the owner's box. And that's where we see Rebecca Welton for the first time. And she's the owner of the team. And she's staring at a piece of art that's on her wall. She offers it to her assistant who reminds her that it's worth like a million pounds. And she's like, well, you should have taken it then. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. she's like, all right, well, add it to the rest of the auction. And David I Hockney, looked it up. By the way. Yeah, it's David Hockney. Um. And I look at his the kind of the range of his of his art kind of goes between like the one thousand to five thousand pound range for his average art, but his top uh, piece ever sold went for over seventy million pounds. Jesus is, Christ! Yeah. He's that a big was like pop his art one. guy. He's like in the realm of like Lichtenstein for pop art stuff. Most when you of consider, stuff... I think the Mona Lisa is like three hundred million. The fact oh, that no, this is more than that. I. Is it? I thought the last oh. time I remember. I bet about it. if the Mona Lisa was for sale, it'd be a little out of my range. All right, and three million. Think about it. I'm gonna look it up. Right around my cap. But uh, but yeah, Hockney. His big thing is uh, he was really big on like pool scenes. Like that was his pop art thing. It was like That's people diving into pools or pool uh pool scapes, which is an interesting thing. As somebody who's cleaned eight billion pools in his life, like Pip from Airheads, uh, the idea of a picture of that being worth anything is nightmarish. So now it cuts to a shot of uh, like tabloid magazines that are on the table. And the top one is a picture of her with her husband with the title, He Gets the Bimbos, She Gets the Bozos. And it's detailing that she's now the owner of AFC Richmond post-breakup, which is the soccer team that um, is the team that we follow in this show. Yep. And then the assistant informs her that the team's manager or head coach uh, has just arrived. And he comes and he sits down and he says, training's about to start in a minute. So whatever she needs to get off of her impressive chest to just let him have it. <laughs> and that's when she tells him he's fired. So that's where he calls his testicles Liam and Noel, which was one of my favorite moments. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, he does she does. She does, what, yeah. yeah. What does she say? It leads to another oasis or whatever? Yeah, I, I, I know. I didn't get um, that. I thought that ruined the joke. I thought if she just called his testicles yeah, Liam Noel would... and then didn't say the word Oasis, it was a funnier joke. I mean, you, everybody knows when you say, I mean, even if you're not English, right? Like, we're not English people. If you say two things that hate each other named Liam and Noel, you know exactly that you're talking about the Gallagher brothers. Like, that's pretty common. Yeah. Yeah, because she says that they're like Liam and Noel, though perhaps not an Oasis, which is not a funny oh, okay. punchline to that joke. <laughs> he could have just left it where it was. Steps on the funny part of it yeah when he asked why he was fired she says it's a number of reasons the testicle thing you guys mentioned because they hang out when he sits his uh the fact that the team's mediocre i think being one of the biggest ones also that now that she's owner she just doesn't like him and that's uh that's when you get the now do piss off you fat twat 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 he like tries to get like a word in on the way out he stands up he's like you know he's talking to her assistant but so she can hear it what do you think's worse? Your husband cheating on you or being the last to know? After he leaves, the assistant Higgins asks if 
she'd like for him to prepare a list of all the candidates for the new manager position. And she says, well, that's not going to be necessary. And then we get that cut to Scott Van Pelt on SportsCenter introducing the hiring of D2 American football coach Ted Lasso as the new manager for AFC Richmond. So I wanted to bring this up because this is a thing that I feel like has really spiked in the last 10 to 15 years using ESPN for all sports-related things. And no, I was going to ask about this because I haven't watched SportsCenter in probably 25 years. Do they cover Premier League football and do they cover D-League college yeah. football? Well, a signing like that would be a big deal. College. That would be a news story. So Definitely that would get college, covered. Yeah. Okay. I'm not trying to be like, that wouldn't work. I'm just saying oh, I haven't no, no, seen no, 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 it would. Something like that would. Uh, for me, it's – so when they started doing stuff like this and using like real ESPN people and like this has been – like I said, this really spiked the last like 15 years, maybe even a 20. I really liked it and now I'm kind of getting sick of it. Like I feel like it oddly dates the show – in a way, because you remember the the specific actual anchors from shows, you go, oh, he's been off ESPN forever. So it kind of takes yeah. you out of that magical world and puts you a little too into the real world. They do that with, do like, th- talk shows and stuff. They always have, like, Jimmy Kimmel and Fallon in movies now. Like, mm-hmm. It's like when you see you... somebody go on Jay Leno. Yeah, just make yeah. it up. Yeah. Give me a yeah. fake like Jenny Jones or something. Yeah. We're like, and here, here's Rude Jude. And you're like, okay, yeah. well, that was in 1997. <laughs> Rude prefer, Jude has not yeah. been around for a while. Give me the fake news give me the fake talk show host the fake uh sports shows like i i don't know i kind of like that more just give it the vibe but i don't disagree without giving away too much to another show we're covering soon very similar opening to this do you think it has anything to do with like disney owning espn and they them just like allowing whoever to use it I think it just became trendy because I think it gives it a look of authenticity that people really like. But for me personally, it just doesn't, it doesn't land the way that I think they want it to. And I don't think many would even agree with me, to be honest. I think some would. I don't. I mean, I I think if you hear like that, you're like, oh, okay, sports center. Like you just immediately, your brain hits it. I think if it's something short, like, like this scene where he's just announcing it and then it cuts away. I have no problem with that. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I don't hate it. Don't get me wrong. I don't hate it. I just, I don't know. I kind of want to stay in the fantasy world a little bit. But in any event, during that segment, they show the clip of Ted Lasso, and he's dancing in the locker room in celebration with his team. And for those who are familiar with Jason Sudeikis, so by that I mean all of you listening, Nick and Joe, um, you know, you would know Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> um, and SNL has the what's up with that, like in that sketch. He always kind of does a dance. Uh, that he's very famous for doing in that sketch specifically, and it's basically doing the same exact dance here. I will say, as somebody who's watched SNL religiously since they were probably 10 years old and watched every episode before that and has watched every episode back after that, uh, the what's up with that sketch is up there with the Californians for me for ones that I never want to see ever again. And Really? I love the Californians. I think, I think the Californians, Californians is the worst goddamn I love it so time. much. Oh, I hate it so much. I also, so to go back to this too, what we're gathering is this clip of him went viral. So essentially what's happening is the woman who owns this team decided to go with a coach from a different sport and selects him just because he had a clip that went viral. And not professionally. (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, I mean college football kind of is the, big, but it's not yeah. professional. That's level. what's landing him here. That's why not she's only was like it, hellbent on this kid. It was college football, but it was like um, D two D two like 
lesser than like they're not doing anything special. Yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's, this it's not like Friday Night Lights, right. ever, Like level Correct. of football, yeah. This isn't I like think. the. I'm also the saying national. that with no knowledge of football, so I think. Well, it's not like Alabama. Or it's not like LSU. Like no, it's not. It's not the NCAA like Division One schools. Yeah, they're they're not in the bowl games and stuff like that. Roll Tide. So now in the next scene, we cut to the plane heading to England, um, where Ted and his assistant uh, Beard, Coach Beard, are. And <laughs> his assistant, comma, his beard was uh, the way you made that sound, which I really enjoyed. But so while they're, while we get into the uh, interior of the plane, some kid walks by and recognizes Ted from the viral clip. And he asks him for an ussy. <laughs> and by that, he means, well, a selfie is just yourself. And this is but the two of us. And we say uh, ussy. I don't know if that's like a real term if it was made up for the show. I think it was for the show, but either way, I support it. Because I in this case, well, yeah, yeah, you can lie to me because I don't know slang there. So you could just tell me anything and I'm just a big friggin' idiot and I'm just going to take your word for it. Yeah, I do appreciate that. Like, they immediately set the world of like, this is what the fans are going to be like. I think that's a good to have this one tiny moment on the plane gives you like a sort of primer for like, okay, this is everybody who knows who you are. When you get there, and it makes the fish out of water thing work, and also Ussie is funny. So like, I thought the scene was was pretty well uh, balanced. I like that the kids tell him that he's a legend t- for agreeing to do something that's this stupid, and how he's going to get murdered. <laughs> yeah, it is funny too because like we live in a different world now, where like because things move so fast, but also you can get fame or be like recognized or acknowledged not for a good thing. Oh, yeah. But people still want to be near you because you did a thing. Right. Like a, you know, like it's well, a weird in, in his case, it's in. like innocent. Like, it's just like a, a goofy yeah, he, dance yeah. celebration. It's like he was like Heisman Trophy winner O.J. Simpson. I want to take a picture with you. I like that his response to like, oh, you're so stupid. You're going to get murdered was, well, you know, I've heard that tune before, but here I am still dancing. <laughs> He's like, and you get like a really good vibe for his character. There's, um, I don't think this is the best word for him but there's kind of a simplicity to him uh yeah i i I think so he's a really kind simple joyful man i would say naive i wouldn't say he's naive naive. he's just he's also pretty carefree about it like he doesn't he genuinely doesn't care Mm, but i don't don't, don't know if it's that i just think he's just so nice and kind of like authentically pure that that's kind of just where he's at I guess that'd be a good word, too. He's authentic in yeah. general. And when the kid heads off, Ted turns around uh, in his seat to talk to the assistant coach, Beard, who's been studying the game like a lot since the, all this news is broken out. So he's just reading books on it and trying to prep himself. And Ted asks him if he's nuts for doing this. And when Coach Beard's like, yes, and he's like, well, hey, but taking on a challenge is a lot like riding horses, isn't it? If you're comfortable while you're doing it, you're probably doing it wrong. I don't. Is that I, how horses go? Are you? I don't know. Ted Lasso. Are you supposed to be horses. uncomfortable while you're riding a horse? I've always wanted to ride a horse. I'm terrified of it, but I imagine you're pretty uncomfortable doing it. I've only no. done the like. There's a pony at an event that the kids take turns like sitting on the pony for like a minute as it goes back and forth in a line. You know. Were you yeah. a child or were you at like your <laughs> this <nieces>? was yesterday? <laughs> no, it was like last week. No, they had an event down the street and I went and I got some tacos. And then after that, I rode the pony. I was going to say that like riding the horse can't be that uncomfortable because it was like the preferred form of transportation. It was for... not the preferred form. It wasn't it was preferred. The only form. There was no engine yeah. yet. <laughs> there was... 
What else no, was no, no, there? No, 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 no. Hear me out. Hear Sitting me out on the here. dildo wasn't very comfortable, but it was the only preferred way of going around the no, world No, for no, a no, while. no, because at some point you could have a cart or you could have a singular horse that you rode on or you could have a chariot or whatever. People you always rode just, a horse. No, no, no. You have just mixed up the Old West with Bible times. I just want you to know the swath of time <laughs> that you have just created. You know, when you're on a cart or you're on a horse going through the Wild West, or you know you're being chased by fucking Moses on a fucking... What, what are you doing right now? Or if you need to escape your manger. <laughs> I'm just saying that there are multiple ways to, to utilize a horse for transportation purposes so if it was that uncomfortable we would only be using carriages or chariots or carts not necessarily because it costs more money to do yeah, first of all chariots again let's just go away from that Gordo, would it be would it be more comfortable for you to drive a car or to sit in the back of a luxury bus uh considering i get car sick probably oh, drive Jesus. The car. Oh, shut the fuck oh, up you know what i mean it it wasn't in everybody's means to have a wagon behind the horse. Yeah, like Clint Eastwood wasn't running down to shoot people in the Old West in the back of a wagon. Like, it's individual people rode. It's like a motorcycle versus, a, like Nick said, like a bus, right? Like, if you're with a bunch of people, you take a wider, more person-carrying carriage. If you're one person, you're not going to ride in the back. Who's going to drive the... I'm I'm sorry. I'm confused by your knowledge of this. It's very confusing. <laughs> I'm just saying that if it was super uncomfortable, we would have evolved to continue doing carts. We and did. They're called saddles. I want to take a moment to apologize to everyone who's listening because if your head hurts the same way mine does at this very moment, <laughs> it was not our intention. A one line uh, from Ted Lasso has really derailed. Yeah. I want to move forward uh, because right. the next thing he tells him is one thing I will say that seemed very interesting though is that if you I don't know if you guys noticed what he's reading Ted Lasso, I didn't know he's reading Jack Kerouac's Dharma Bums, so we're like on the road is like a novel about like going across America right and it's used as a sort of this is you know an American road novel of like finding your roots in this country Dharma Bums is kind of a novel about like finding yourself in between two worlds because that's about him being like sort of finding buddhism but also like being a city person or whatever so i thought it was like a really interesting thing that they used that book that's the book he's reading about a person trying to find their center in two super different worlds especially yeah, when you consider that uh coach beard was reading greg dicks a dharma and greg yeah yeah I'm aware. I'm aware of what you went there. I was trying to tell you know what's funny is that's a very Ted Lasso joke if you were to be familiar with the show. Well, you know what's uh, so I was trying to class us up with some knowledge about actual literature. That's not our show, Joe. That's not our show. Uh, The next thing Ted Lasso says is (laughs) to Coach Bailey, who's about to go to bed for the remainder of the flight. He says, "If we see each other in our dreams, let's goof around a little bit, pretend like we don't know each other." I don't, he's not kidding when he says that to him. <laughs> no. And I'm like, is he a little bit of an idiot? <laughs> like, uh, also, I brought it up at the beginning, but Coach Beard is Brendan Hunt, who is the co-creator of the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. 
And from there we get to the intro, which is just Ted sitting in a seat in the stands and it's all blue seats around him and they start turning red and eventually all the red seats, uh, enough blue seats turn red to form the words Ted Lasso in the stands. It was fine. It's nothing special. Uh, did you guys have any it's thoughts It's a simple it? intro and it's really Easy catchy. Quick. Yeah. You know what the back. only thing I didn't understand was? Why were the seats like anything that had like graffiti? Like that was blue turned like clean when it went red. And I didn't I, know what that was for. I think that was to I, show that he was like more simple and he wasn't like a graffiti guy. Like he was coming over there and that was going to change, right? Like he wasn't going like to be Like he's more wholesome than yeah. like the environment he's walking into. Yeah. I, I would think, think it, that it was cleaning up the the bad. Yeah, know, that's. Uh, yeah, right. Like the that club is not necessarily well respected. And with him coming there, like, they're trying to change that. And it, that's probably... I mean, we could also be reading into the intro a little too much, but... Fresh coat of paint, well, though, I think, yeah, kind of right. symbolically and what we see here. I will say, though, for a show that's 31 minutes long, good. Give me a right. short mm. uh, intro song. I don't want to spend two minutes on this. I don't want, like, a... Well, then you flew over to England. Like, I don't want, like, a Ferg song that explains everything on a show that's this goddamn long. And then the next scene, the two coaches are walking through the airport until they get to the driver holding up the sign waiting for them. And the two insist on carrying their own bags. And Ted does ask real quick if they can make a pit stop. And we see them standing in front of a bridge. And he gives uh, Beard the old, we're not in Kansas anymore because they are actually from Kansas in the show. And then they tell Ollie, who's the driver, that they're ready to go now. And he's like, okay, and that's Tower Bridge. And Ted's like, right, not the London Bridge, because this one's still up. The way I perceive that is he asked to see London Bridge, one, or asked if London Bridge actually was a thing that fell down, and if there was a bridge he could see. I'm trying to get the backstory of what brought them there, but I also tried reading up on, like, London Bridge, because we all know the London Bridge is falling down. There, Like, there's not, like, a big specific landmark London Bridge right. thing that, like, collapsed, which I kind of assumed was the case. No, I think it's just, what is it? It's, like, any of the bridges that cross that part of the River Thames were, They're just like, kind of called beat up. Bridge. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. just kind of saying that they would fall down because they needed repairs and stuff. And I don't know, I guess just being a kid hearing that song, you just think there's more to it, like there was a big event. From there, we arrive at the stadium, and as the two coaches are walking, Beard tells Ted that soccer was originally created by Victorian-era headmasters who wanted to create a sport where boys couldn't use their hands in efforts to get them to stop masturbating. Is this true? Did anyone look this up? I did not. I, no. I want to say it's probably not true, but you never know. There's so many wacky things that are truthful that are of that nature, and I feel like I really assumed one of you would have Googled it, so I didn't I didn't bother. I mean I assumed that one was just a joke, so I didn't even look it up. It seemed unnecessary to me, but Joe's already balls done. deep in Dharma bums, so Oh, I'm sorry that I read the American Greats. Uh but I don't know, you walk home and this is my example of this. You walk home and you find like a tennis ball or a rock that's circular and you kick it all the way home. Like this all happened to all of us, and then you go home and then you still jerk off. Like, that doesn't change the rest of your day. You know what I mean? Like, so that's yeah. why I feel like it's not real. So according to nybooks.com, uh, I love that you modern... cite your sources, by the way, Gordon. <laughs> he's trying to prove that he's to. not on Wikipedia. 
Exactly. Uh, so it says most modern team sports were codified in Victorian Britain, partly in the hope of distracting schoolboys from masturbation. So I don't think this was a specific soccer thing. I think this was just all sports. There's a general. hint of truth in it. Okay, that's interesting. So they get to the field, and Ted takes a knee to like touch the grass. And as he does this, from like a mile away, we see someone just start to run towards him and tell him to get off the grass. And it's a character named Nathan, and he's played by Nick Muhammad, who we've seen before on this show because we did the show Intelligence with David Schwimmer a long time ago now at this point. It was so long ago that when I looked him up and his Wikipedia link on my computer was purple because like I clicked it, I was like, huh? where the fuck was this yeah. guy from? Did, <laughs> like, he, oh, wait, he created the show so Intelligence. Long ago. Yeah. He was like but the I, intelligence creator or main writer. Yeah, he's very funny in that show. He's funny in this too. I feel like when I clicked his name this time around at IMDb, I don't even think it's said like known for intelligence though, which is the show. He well, this show's so much can, bigger. Yeah. Well, they usually give you like three or four. You know, you know well, that would be like if this. you looked up David Schwimmer. That would be like David Schwimmer is an actor known for the TV show Intelligence. You'd be like, well, that's not. No, quite right. I wouldn't think him, but I would think Nick Muhammad, perhaps, who also stars in the show and wasn't on Friends. Right, but I'm saying this show is much. This show is to friends what you know what I mean, right? And then Nathan, when he finds out that the person that's on the field is the new manager, he becomes very apologetic and he's like frantically offering to get him some of the grass and even rip some out of the ground. And uh, he says they got more in the back. Do, at this point, like I don't know what his role is. We kind of see more of him later on. I'm like, is he just the groundskeeper? Like, why is he so protecting of it? But it looks, I think he's just kind of like an assistant. To everything, I don't know. It's, he's kind of like the yeah. He's like a he's like. You see him the, do Waterboy stuff later, so I, I don't know what his official role is with them. But yeah, he's not high on the totem pole for sure. Yeah, I, I thought he was, was listed as like kit manager, and kit usually means uniform. Yeah, so. he deals with like all of the, like he will stock the lockers before and after boy. matches and stuff. Yeah, pretty much. And we actually find out his name is Nathan in the following scene when Ted asks, uh, and it gets really awkward. Uh, because he says nobody's ever asked me for my name, and he doesn't like answer it. And he's like, "Okay, but what what is your name?" <laughs> and that gets followed by a Nathan's hot dog joke that Nathan doesn't get. Nathan's Have you guys been dogs. to um like the actual Nathan's in Coney Island? I have not, no. No, I've been to New York no. a number of times, but I will say I, it's much easier to just buy like a water dog on the street than it is to go all the way to Coney Island for a real – Coney Island's far out. If you go I to think... Nathan's, the thing about that is if you get on the train, it is like the last stop. It's over it's an hour far. on the train. Yeah. It is yeah. very mm. far away. The only Nathan's I had, I think we when we went to WrestleMania in New York years ago, we're talking like 18, there was like a little Nathan's stand that was by where we were staying. Okay. That's about as close as I came to Nathan's Great hot, hot dog. dogs. You can buy it's them in great the store. Hot I've, bought, I've bought the hot dogs in the store. I will say much better than Bar S. There's no fish <laughs> in Nathan's hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> the thing it's I not hard about, to beat. Um, if you go to the Nathan's out on Coney Island, I don't know if they have like a lot of other brick and mortars, but uh, they have like a good crinkle fry, and it, it comes with a little red pitchfork. I think some of the ballparks actually have actually Nathan's there's a too. there's a big Nathan's in Magic Kingdom, I think. Oh, okay. or there was. I know for a fact there was. Uh, I don't know if it's still there, but there's like a big uh, restaurant you can go in. So there's a possibility right now, while Ferg is not recording with us, that he's eating a Nathan's hot dog at Magic Kingdom. (laughs) 
I'll try to check that out in a few months. Um, I'm assuming my niece doesn't listen to my show, so I think that'll be okay to say. Better hope not. Nathan then takes the two to meet Rebecca, and when he goes to introduce them, he, like, just panics and runs away. And I like that when Ted goes to introduce himself now that Nathan's gone, you see behind them that, like, Nathan, like, tries to run back up the stairs to correct him, <laughs> and, and then, gives like, up shies again. away and runs back down again. <laughs> yeah. This is also when you find out that Ted Lasso is one of those complete psychos who wants coffee that doesn't taste like coffee. I've got no time for this. I like the the initial dialogue between Ted and Rebecca when he's like, hey, how y'all doing? I'm Ted Lasso, your new coach. You must be Miss Welton. And she goes, please call me Rebecca. Miss Welton's my father. And he goes, if that's a joke, I love it. If not, I cannot wait to unpack that with you. <laughs> yeah. Does that get touched on at any point? No, not really. Oh. And Rebecca then sends her assistant to take Coach Beard to get everything to, like, set them up for their new situation, like ID, badges, all that stuff, leaving just Rebecca and Ted Lasso alone together. Ted notes that he wants his Wi-Fi password to be wet wipes. I thought that was a little interesting tidbit. Did he say that, or did he say, make sure you get the Wi-Fi password and wet wipes? I No, I think, from what I heard, he asked for the wet <laughs> wet wipes to be the password of his Wi-Fi. I heard it oh. next way. Yeah, I thought he said get the Wi-Fi password. We'll have password to go to the tapes some at some point. Wipes. I'm I'm very confident, but I could be wrong. Don't ask yeah, because me. I, I feel like do. anybody's password is usually just like my street apartment, whatever, or like Zyxel Seven or whatever. Like they give you. It didn't, no, I always change my password. I think I if only... anybody's around my neighborhood, don't come now because now my password's now going to be wet wipes. Well, no, no, <laughs> I I change like the name of our internet, but like I don't really like. For the longest time, this is like the little bit of Andy Kaufman that lives inside of me. My Wi-Fi name for the longest time was password is jalapeno. The password to that Wi-Fi was no, it's not. Because I knew people in the area would see the pa- see the Wi-Fi name and then try to get on my Wi-Fi and just keep trying to type in jalapeno. <laughs> like, oh, maybe I need the N with the thing on it. And this, I just like... So I never get to witness anyone fail to get into my Wi-Fi, but I knew it happened. And, like, that was enough to make me chuckle. I do love the idea I, of holding down the N on their iPhone until the one with the little accent <laughs> mark comes up to be like, now I there got it. There it is. Now it's going to work. I, uh, for a while, had my Wi-Fi password was Girls Gone Wireless. <laughs> uh, when I lived at my old apartment when we were younger, the uh, the igloo, as it was affectionately known, the Wi-Fi was called Santa Did You Fuck My Mom, which was uh, based on an Always Sunny Christmas special, which I'm kind of oh. surprised there aren't blockers to make sure you don't use specific words because, like, anyone in the area can see that. Yeah. That's it's always weird actually. when you're driving and you're looking at your phone. You're, like, in a car and you're looking at your phone, you're driving through somewhere, and it's like, new Wi-Fi network available. Do you want to hop on, like, Wilford Street, number seven? You're like, why would it pitch this to me on the highway? And how long is that going to work, even if it is open? Those times you have to just, like, hope that there's enough of those, like, Comcast ones floating around. Well, I can't even use that anymore now that I think about it. I used to always use the Xfinity. We just cut the the cord recently. What'd you get? Did you go sling? No, so, um, we did the, I have the T-Mobile internet for now, the home internet, and seeing how that goes. And trying the Hulu Live mixed with that, and you know, we're, it's a, it's an adaption. We're you know, getting used to it. Still pretty new. You'll get used to it. The thing that killed me is I really wanted to watch baseball this year, and because I have Sling, they're like, oh well, if you want to watch baseball, it's going to be like two hundred dollars more a month. Yeah. I was like, I guess I don't like baseball anymore. Then sorry. Yeah. yeah, you could just subscribe to the MLB Network for a lot cheaper. You can't get in market games. 
Yeah, T-Mobile you can't actually, watch Red Sox yeah. games unless T-Mobile they're on the road. Really? If they're on the road, you can, but you can't watch any home games. But you don't have home games. You don't live in Boston. Yeah, you, you don't, don't live you, in Boston. You should be able to watch all of the games. They consider me market because I live in a state where that's still technically. Also, Joe, game. it's really easy to stream that. Yeah, stuff. you can. Fo- we can send, Nick, you send me a send me a, yeah. a WhatsApp after this. I will. <laughs> Thank you. So, anyways, um, she sits Ted down and offers him a drink, and he says anything with just a little bit of caffeine in it. And she hands him some tea, and he's explained to her that he's not typically a tea drinker. He's more of a coffee guy, like sort of, because he just. Even with the coffee, he wants you to put so much milk and creamer in it that he doesn't taste coffee. But he takes a sip and he goes, oh, yep, I always thought this would taste like brown water. And I was right. I don't like this at all. <laughs> I like his forwardness and, and just not even pretending to enjoy the drink when he took a sip of it. It's but crazy it wasn't that it's such mean. a key culture in the UK. But also, yeah. you can get coffee anywhere still. Like, it's not like it's you can't get coffee. Yeah. Yeah, but you're in someone's office, so it's not like you're at Starbucks and everything's available to you. You're just kind of what she has on her <laughs> on her little drink cart. I will say, though, it is – I will say, though, it is very much different here, right? Because if you were – if you came to my house and you were like, can I have tea? I'd be like, sure. I have a kettle and I have tea bags. I have tea and coffee. You can have whatever you want. But if you're in somebody's office, they might only have coffee or they might have instant coffee. Like, not everybody has tea bags here, but everybody has coffee. So I guess everyone just has K cups now. That's yeah. what happens at those places. Yeah. Everyone. yeah that's, that's why true. you go to a hotel and you're like, cool, I'll have terrible coffee for the whole week because I'm not near a place that has better coffee than K cup. Or, crazy thought, leave the room. Well, obviously you leave the room, <laughs> but I'm saying sometimes you're in like a. Nick, you can agree to this because you travel a lot for work. Sometimes you're dropped in the middle of goddamn nowhere. There's not coffee right near you. There's not like five minute away coffee. You're having this cup in the morning to get you through to when you have to leave and do whatever. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's I've, always a Starbucks, though. I feel like there is always five minute away coffee at this point. So there's not I, always a Starbucks. We drove like 45 minutes in Canada to get to a Starbucks a couple of years ago. Well, that's not America. Timmy Hortons, baby. Come on. Tim Hortons coffee is so bad. I was on a dunks kick for a while. Um, I was having an iced coffee every morning. It was just like something to do, like working from home. It was like, uh, I'm going to run out for 10, 15 minutes, like go it's get the my part coffee. of your day that changes. It's an, yeah. uh, it was an absurd waste of money. Uh, but it was like something to do, like get out, go do something, come back, start working, whatever. And, uh, during that time is when I went to California for work and they just don't have, like they have dunks out there, but they're so far, few and far between. And I drove all over Southern California, and I put in dunks whenever I like felt like I wanted one. And I never got a Dunkin' Donuts coffee out there. I spent three weeks out there. I never found a reasonable Dunkin' Donuts location to get to on my routes. And I drank a lot more Starbucks than I usually do. I do not enjoy Dunkin' Donuts coffee in the slightest. We've had this talk a million times, and I, I can hear Ferg yelling at us from Florida right now. Over Stop this coffee. We've talked coffee so many times, but yeah, I don't, I just can't do it because I drink my coffee black, and their coffee is not good unless you put like Butterfinger in it. So the new Dunkin' no. Donuts dark roast isn't bad. The Dunkin' Donuts, the key with their coffee is you got to put a shot of espresso in the turbo shot. A turbo really shot, agreed. Turbo shot makes it a lot more palatable. We don't want to confuse our fans with the real term. <laughs> yeah. Hey, can you, uh, you throw some turbo in my coffee? Yeah, kid, uh, I need that 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 turbo shot there, dude. Yeah, but until you go to the one time you're at Dunkin' Donuts and the person who just got on parole, it's their first day, and they're like, I don't know how to fucking make espresso shots. And you're like, well, this isn't going to work for me, man. That's happened I'll to me say this, multiple and times. I know I'm probably going to offend somebody listening, 
But I would rather hear you call it a turbo shot than call it an espresso shot. Yep. Agreed. Add the X. I don't want to hear you. I hate when they do that. It's espresso, people, not espresso. Yep. Yeah, it's the ex-convict who doesn't know how to make the espresso. So, So from there, Rebecca takes Ted on a tour of the stadium, and she's teaching him about the history of the team. And at one point, she shows him a picture of when the building was used to uh, as like a makeshift hospital during war times. And she tells him how some people still claim they can see fallen soldiers wandering. And she asks him if he believes in ghosts. And he says he does. But more importantly, he thinks they need to believe in themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's these little jokes that you're like. Oh, this is kind of a sitcom. And then you're I'm like, trying to gauge, no, though, like, what level of dumb is he? You know what I mean? Like, he's like, because he's yeah. not. He's I don't not... think he's dumb. I think he's, like, aloof. I mean, there's a difference, right? Like, you aloof can and ultra positive. Right. That's why I said naive. Like, yeah. Yeah, Gordo, I kind of ragged on you at first being like, I don't think he's naive. But in this scenario, I'm like, I think you're right, Gordo. I think naive kind of maybe works when you talk about this. And as they walk the hall, she tells him that he's going to have to speak to the press soon and he's like oh yeah you know after a couple nights of some good rest i'll be happy to do that for you because i don't think i mentioned this earlier on the flight he couldn't sleep on the plane at all so he's like you know he's pretty tired now and she's like oh no i meant right now she opens the door and there's a full press room full of reporters waiting for him to walk inside and as the press conference is about to start we can see that it's going to be aired live and there's people watching at the bar the team's watching from inside the locker room He's being thrown to the wolves, and this is rough. Uh, yeah, I like when they're cutting around and showing all the people watching it. When they show the team, that the team captain tells everyone to quiet down, or he's going to start punching dicks. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking Roy Kent, baby. He's the best. Also, he is one of the other head writers on the show, and randomly one day, so he's writing for the show, you know, before it, it tapes and everything. And he goes, I think I'm going to audition for this part. And he went and auditioned oh. for the part of Roy Kent, had having being the one who wrote most of the dialogue for him and, and got it, obviously. But I uh, thought it was an interesting path to take to get there. I feel like that'd be so hard for any of us because you're like, I think I could do this. And they're like, okay, cool. Well, like, make sure your body looks like a professional athlete. And you were like, I'm not auditioning for this part any longer. Because <laughs> like, yeah. you have to do both, you know? I'll you be Nathan. I'm a pro now, dark I'll... player. Yeah, I, so... I can do professional curling, but it's about as far as it goes. So now Ted sits down and he starts by telling everyone in the press that, you know, he knows he's never coached soccer before. And he can fill two internets with everything that he doesn't know about the sport. But he does know the team's going to give it everything it has for four quarters. And then someone <laughs> chimes in, halves. He's like, oh, oh, halves, I forgot. Yep, just halves. And, you know, win or lose or tie. Oh, oh, that's right. You guys do ties here. <laughs> so he, he doesn't even know, like, the basics of basics of the sport. This is what threw me a little bit because it seems like at this point he never even bothered to try and figure it out. But as his secondary coach is, he's reading the soccer book on the plane. Yes. And right. wants to know the rules and know everything about it. But Ted Lasso just comes at it as like a team is a team. It doesn't matter the sport. But it's that's about, not necessarily what It's about the is. corny lines. It's about saying how ghosts need to believe in themselves. Like it's it's he that's his style of coaching. And he starts to field questions. And the first guy up, he's this uh he leaves this like very, very um well articulated comment about the situation, everything going on, and doesn't really have a question. But then Ted asks him, well, is there, do you have a question for me? He's like, yeah. Is this a fucking joke? 
And at that point, everyone, like everything explodes after he asks that. And he's getting these rapid fire softball questions like, who won the league last year? Name a player in the league. And he doesn't (laughs) know anything at all. And it's getting super chaotic. And like the people, they cut to the people at the bar watching and they're losing their fucking minds. That's a very major league. Yeah, it's 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 a really like high anxiety moment. I will say that one of the most genuine laughs I got in this whole show is when they say name one player and he says the fella who bends it like himself. I fucking yeah. died laughing at that. <laughs> yeah. That is like the I best joke of the that. whole episode. And the Interesting fact that- glimpse into the future of the show. I know it's not what we do, but that reporter Trent Grimm becomes a bigger part of the show. Oh, uh, and oh, the, okay. the three dudes they cut to in the pub are always on. Uh, they're like they always cut to like when the games are on and like they're watching. They're always in that pub. That's watching like the major them. league two dudes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Randy Quaid, major league two. Yeah. And also during this, like they've already twice done this now. The gag where he goes to take a sip of his water and doesn't realize it's like sparkling water and spits it out because he can't like take a sip of sparkling water. The second spit so got me like Louis Anderson did. This is two weeks in a row with the spit yeah. takes. Yeah. Yeah. The spit take got me. I do love, though, that everybody has a different term for it. Like, it's fizzy water, spicy water, bubbly water, sparkly water. Like, everyone's got, like, a different thing for it. And Rebecca finally puts a stop to all this, and she kind of cuts in, and she criticizes all of them for their poor manners. And notes how all of a sudden this press room's full, where normally no one would have shown up to this thing at all. Kind of like saying, like, you know, you can criticize them for not knowing anything about the sport, but it's obviously gaining attention that we wouldn't have typically had. And she says that nobody's watched the team more than her, and it's been nothing but mediocrity. So Ted Lasso might not be the most qualified, but the one thing that he has that the rest of them doesn't is a trophy from this millennium. And moving forward, they're going to have to do things his way. And when they exit, he thanks her for stepping in, and she essentially just tells him that, he has a job to do, and that proving all of them wrong is part of it. Also, he has some water, regular water, and when he takes a sip, makes it a point to note to everyone, like, see, I don't have a problem when there's no bubbles in it. Because yeah, I that can do this all day. Yeah. He had to, like, prove to everyone that he's capable of drinking. And then Ted tells her that he wanted to introduce himself to the team, and then he heads off. Once he leaves, Rebecca's assistant tells her that he was skeptical before, but, you know, after hearing her speech that, you know, he's feeling a little bit more optimistic about the moment. And this is when Rebecca reveals who she really is. Because up until now, she's, I have this guy in mind. I support him. He's going to be great for the team. She defends him to the press. But now, behind closed doors, we find out what's really going on. Because she says that she hopes that he fails miserably. Tells her assistant, Higgins that this club was the one thing that her husband ever truly loved. And Ted Lasso is going to help her burn it to the ground. This is when I was like, this is Major League. (laughs) Me too. This is Major League. Yeah, me too. Um, Yeah, I remember watching it be like, I've seen this before. There were a lot of comparisons early on. Like when I first saw her, and I think maybe just because like the wife inherits the team. So seeing all that in the beginning drew those Major League comparisons. But right here, when she makes this statement and tells everybody, like, well, tells us, the audience, what her true motives are and that she's hoping Ted Lasso fails, that's when it was like, this is Major League. Exactly. Exactly. 
Now, Nick, you've seen the whole show. Is there a point in time where they have a cardboard, cardboard cutout? cutout? Her, yeah. <laughs> they pull off her bikini to make her naked every when they get? <laughs> Not that I've seen so far, no. Uh, that's also one of those jokes that makes way more sense in a 1987 movie than a 2023 right. TV show. Yeah, you really can't do that anymore. She's a fox, by the way. For her I was age. just going to say mean, that. She, yeah. She's right up Joe's alley. She's pushing 50. 48 years Jeez. old. I looked it up. Uh, and thank you for saying that because I know it's always me, but I was like, this woman's a mega babe. I'm sorry. Women in their 40s yep. are super babes. That's just because we're nearing our 40s and we're like, you know, it's not that bad. No, we're yeah. catching up. I've been saying this for 20 years. So <laughs> she says she wants her husband to feel like he's being fucked in the ass with a, with a splintered cricket bat just in and out over and over in a constant loop like a gif. And she says, that's what gifts do, isn't it? And Higgins is like, that's correct. Although some people pronounce it GIF. Now I've heard that the creator calls them GIFs. Like that was his intention was for GIF. But I'm going to say, I don't fucking care. It's a GIF. I say GIF. Team GIF. GIF. Of course you do, Gordo. Of course it's a Gordo thing to say it the wrong way. The G stands for graphical. It would be GIF. I agree. I heard that the the creator says Jeff or said Jeff. I don't know if he's alive or dead at this point. But and and you're it, not one to critique the the originator because it's kind of their word exactly. usually gospel. So you're wrong. But in this case, he's wrong. It's no. I no, will say I do. A, my job is in sales. I spend my entire life talking to people all the time. It's all I do. Ninety nine point nine percent of people, if it comes up, say the word GIF. And when somebody says GIF, I feel like it's like a record scratch where like I go like, like your head moves. You're like, you said the word wrong? Even now, when Gordo said GIF, it's like, if you say GIF, you're doing it on purpose. Or you're thinking of peanut butter. I know everyone else says GIF. To be fair, to be fair, and I feel like this is a lot of things that, this is something that happens with people a lot. If you, I had never heard anybody say Jeff, almost ever. I've only ever read the word, and in my head, I heard Jeff, and nobody ever corrected me all these years. So here I am. So you and I my- took the same path because I always read and said Jeff, and then somebody was like, "No, it's GIF," and I was like, "Okay, it's GIF." <laughs> and Nobody's then, ever then corrected on- me. If it was a J, I'd say Jif all day long. I, don't ask me why, but that's where my brain went. It's. I, I also think it probably doesn't matter. Like it's doesn't. <laughs> no, but it bothers me. But yeah. at the end of the day, who? Uh, this I, is. I, guess, I hate this because usually this happens in our show a lot, where we'll be trying to debate somebody's name, and we'll cut to like. Seth Meyers or Jay Leno or David yeah. Letterman or whatever saying their name. We'll be like, well, that's the way their publicist told them to say it that's probably their real fucking name but in this one you like can't go to the video because it's again it's a divided thing 20 yeah. percent of people say it wrong like Gordo, and 80 percent of people say it right like the right people so now we see lasso and beard heading over to the field where the team's at and they're practicing or training as they say they don't say practice they say training and lasso needs to get used to the vernacular as he says and he says that training makes perfect. Uh, we also keep seeing throughout the episode how prepared Beard is. We talked earlier about how he's studying like books on the sport and he's talking about things. and He's been kind of coaching up Lasso the whole time. 
I imagine he's and Nick, you would know better than me, but just to go by this episode and how I perceived it, that he's like the real reason for the team's success. Like he's the actual prepared coach. And that almost like Ted Lasso is more of a mascot where Coach Beard is the one actually coaching the team. No, it's it's more of um I don't know, how can I explain it? So Coach Beard feeds him all the fundamental information. Ted is the one who builds the plays and he takes what coach beard gives him and builds the house with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So my interpretation was the other, I just thought that was going to be like a building story that this whole time mm -hmm. that coach beard was really the one like who would be driving the team success. And then you could even cause friction with them down the line where he branches off and goes to a rival team. Right. Because he's the actual mastermind coach. I kind of thought it's that was the interesting. Direction. You say that because something similar does does happen like that, huh. but um, it, it's as the show progresses, you realize that the coaching is more of a collaboration. Um, and I don't know. This is where I got lost a little bit because they they've referenced it a couple times in the show. Once the game starts, it's a lot different than say football or baseball, where the coach has a very um, a big hand in the actual live gameplay, right? They're making calls. They're telling people to do what with soccer. As far as I understand it, the coach, once the game starts, doesn't really have much to do. Like they have their formation that they start with. That's what they use for the game. And substitutions happen every so often, but they just play. And the coach isn't out there, like, you know, arguing with the refs or telling this player to do that, telling this player to do that. They just play. Um, so it's really more of a behind-the-scenes thing for a football coach. I don't know. Again, I could be wrong. Um, but that's the way I understood it. So, yeah, uh, to go back, as they step outside, they spot Nathan over on the field. And they go to say hi and call him over. And he, like, nervously heads over and gives them both, uh, like, some Gatorade or they just say sports drink to not have to identify it. And um, both very impressed with his uh, sports drink. Um, I don't know what what's the word. Uh, pre- prepar- I was Mixed gonna, I keep concoction. Preparation. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really was hoping you were to separation H, and I was like, is yeah. Jay gonna go in a real weird direction? <laughs> his uh, his ratio choice, I guess, is uh, is choice. You said his ratio choice. So, do you are we to assume that they're not buying tubs of Gatorade? They're buying the Gatorade powder and making. Well, that's how the water. tubs work. Yeah, you don't buy. Yeah, you're like not buying giant... 50 bottles of Gatorade and dumping yeah. it. Okay, yeah. I didn't know you could buy oh, the packets of Gatorade. You yeah. could go to the store and buy a powdered Gatorade now. Yeah, like we, we used to have that at work them. all the time. Yeah, we get yeah. you get the big orange jugs, and then you just mix water with the um with the powder. Oh, as long as like nobody tang. throws up in the orange jug and then seals it off yes. for six months, everybody's fine. <laughs> it's like 10 years, but yeah. And so it's like Tang. Yeah, Tang. Like tang. And that yeah. it's also a powdered drink? Yeah. An <laughs> orange also and a powdered drink. is what the astronauts take to the moon. So during this scene, we also get to know who some of the team is. And Lasso's learning about, like, the players as he's watching them all play. And you kind of, like, get those shots of, here's so-and-so. He does this and that. And, and we go over, like, two or three of the guys. And while they're going over a lot of this stuff and, like, the, all the teammates, we you know, we're finding out where some of them are from. He's like, he spots one player because he's finding out that players are from like basically all over the world are on this team. He's like, well, this guy must be from England, right? He's like, actually, he's from Wales. He's like, isn't that the same thing? It's like, well, yes and no. 
It's like, how many countries are in this country? And then you just get four by Nathan and Beard at the same time. I do I love this whole is, thing. Do you know much about whales? concept, yeah. Do you know much about whales in general? Um, yeah. Yeah, they're mammals. <laughs> Thank you. The, 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 country, the country of Wales is part of England, but it is separate, and they speak their own language. And yeah. I don't mean this to sound weird or anything, but the language is fucking wild. It's almost like vowel-less. I like a lot of bands who are from Wales, and they sing in Welsh. And even trying to figure out how to pronounce their names is, like, impossible. If anybody who's listening wants to hear some great, like, punk or power pop bands that sing in Welsh, like, uh... Or uh, let me know and I can send you in the right direction. I've also spent like hundreds and hundreds and dollars of dollars on these records. And every time I do, somebody who I buy them from who lives in Wales messages me and is like, who are you? And why do you want these weird records in this language that nobody speaks but us? It's like it's always a really weird thing because it's so insular. Oh. And people who speak Welsh speak English as well. But, like, Welsh is like a... It's like people in Ireland who speak Gaelic, right? Gaelic, like, you speak yeah. English, but you speak Gaelic, too. And you speak Gaelic to your friends. And then it's the different sort of thing. But, yeah, w- Welsh is a language. Look it up. It's really, really interesting. And probably impossible to learn if you weren't raised in it. Nothing is impossible, but... You look up Great this language, attitude. I want to say this one's one of the harder ones to learn. This would not yeah. fit on the guaranteed Swahili sign that used to be on the trains all the time <laughs> when we were kids. So, uh, from the scene, he then wants to go over and check out the locker room. And I thought it was weird that he didn't address the team at all at this point, though, because it's the first time he's, like, in the same area as all his players, and he doesn't say a single word to them yet. And I, I just thought that was a little weird. Yeah, I did, too. I would think that the first thing that you'd want to do as a coach is go in and talk to your team. Yeah, like, he does eventually, because, like, the next scene is when it happens, but I just thought, why are Pacing we adding wise. this scene here where he's going and meeting the team and not saying anything to them, just for him to then kind of meet the team unofficially a second time a minute later? Well, he's out in the field watching them train. Yeah, but, so, like, address them. Yeah, what? exactly. That's when you go out and you're like, hey, I'm the coach. Let's see what we have here. Right. You know, let, let's see, you know, go from there. But I don't know. It's just really strange. This is where they hit a hard thing. And then any show that does this has to deal with it or any movie or anything. Right. We're like, you have a team. It's a lot of people. So when you do your first initial meeting thing, you have to sort of separate out who's going to be a person you're going to see and need to know who they are. Versus who is just one of the other 25 people on this team. And I feel like that's really hard to pull off in the first episode to make like, okay, this person, yeah. you should remember their name. But the other 17 guys, like, and you see in any show, Shorzy does it or, you know, uh, Winning Time does it. You right. know who some people are, but you never need to know the others. But you have to, like, gauge that out. Yeah, so well, like a scouting report might help in, like, these types of situations, the way that you're introduced. Like, like they're watching tape or something. Because I just think it's weird that they're on the field and they're actually running by, and neither the players care, nor there's, Ted Lasso. There's zero interaction. There's not even, like, an exchange of glances at this point. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just odd on both sides if but, they're really yeah. going to deep dive into this. But they go into the locker room next, and the team is soon to follow. And as they're flooding in, you know, they're, they're starting to all eyeball him. He's not getting a lot of friendly looks. 
And eventually he speaks up once everyone's kind of settled in and introduces himself to everybody. But about 10 seconds in, he gets cut off by a girl who walks in covering her eyes and asking if everyone's decent. And then uh, when she sees that they are, she jokes around about how disappointed she is that they're not all dicks out in the locker room. This also felt very much like a Shorzy or Letterkenny with the hockey teams and the, uh, I don't know the term for what a soccer quote unquote It'd groupie be is. Puck sluts for hockey, right? Yeah, so you get puck, and then there's like lot lizards, you know, uh, ring rats. Yeah, and in this Isn't case, lot like, lizards you know, for truckers. I got yeah, it. The yeah. pitch, I'm just like going through the other like a pitch bitch. Is that officially what that is? Well, no. Right. I mean, uh, I'm fly? coming up with it. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and in this case, she's not. We don't know her to just be someone who is targeting soccer players or football players. It's. I think it's just a matter of. She happens to. We find out later that she she dates one of them. Right. I feel like the introduction though makes it seem that way. Is what I'm saying. You you realize that she's dating somebody, but the introduction makes it seem like she's more of a, a quote unquote. Right. You know she has some sort of a connection to the team though, because you can't just like walk past there and be that as comfortable as she is if she didn't have access. It's the girlfriend of one of the players, like I said, and she's picking him up because he has a waxing appointment. Because I guess. Um, he makes it known that every time he scores a goal, he takes his shirt off. So uh, I guess he's very into his branding. Uh, he, they are I, I not they're not David Beckham and Victoria, but it's it's I think kind of meant to be something of like they're a celebrity couple within that world. You know what I mean? Where he's like a high profile player and. But is she supposed to be high profile? Like Victoria Beckham is. Very yeah, high I, I, yeah, I, I, I was under the that. impression. I when I saw her, and then we do, we'll talk about it later. But he has pictures of her in his locker. I was under the impression those were all professional photos, and that there's some level of success on her part too. Oh, was that was nude like, photo her? No, yes. that wasn't. Her. Yeah, that wasn't. Yes, her. it was. I don't yes, think it was her. It wasn't her. It was her same face. Yeah, I don't think it was her. But it I was. Know, it was. It's in her boyfriend's locker. There were she, pictures of her. Okay, you don't know this yet, but she she does PR for the team. Like, she works for the club. But she's also with that dude. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, also, w- funny But those thing are, about, like, professional nude photos. They're not, like, Yeah, so I was Polaroids. in the... I, so, all right, so that's I'm interesting to hear because to, to go back, this is kind of a different... We're doing this episode a little different because we're going to nick a lot for future information, which we don't typically do. So... In my assumption, when we were when I'm watching this, I'm under the vibe that this girl is like like a pop star or something, like or a model, like like a high profile. I don't get that. I didn't get that. Not at all with the way that she walks in and like her like calmness and you didn't get that vibe at all. No, I I thought she she was was known because she's with that guy. But I honestly got from this scene more that like it's like the girls who come into the locker room, like in Shorzy, for example, who were like well-known because they hang out and they date people from the club so they're yeah. let in but they weren't like famous like people weren't like gasping like oh look it's right. this like i feel like it, i mean it's different here but like if victoria beckham walked in somewhere i feel like people would like make a huge deal of it because she's a huge well, not if, and if it walked into a room but if you walk into a locker room of people you know all of them and one of them's your boyfriend like that's not crazy for her to be there you know it's a different situation i mean i guess i agree with you there but i didn't get the vibe that she was famous or like well known and i didn't get the vibe that i didn't think those nude pictures were her and later on when he smirked when she smirks because he covered the nipples in the picture i think she smirks because it's not her and she likes him 
because she knows those two were dating and he covered the boobs and he's like a good guy. I yeah. read that different as well, but we'll get into that scene in a minute anyways. Um, Funny thing about Jamie Tart though, that is the girl, the guy she dates. Each player, like, I don't know if it's a common thing in soccer, but like the fans come up with like the chant for each player. Like Roy Kent, because he swears a lot. It's like Roy Kent, Roy Kent. It's Roy fucking Kent. Like that's what they do. But for Jamie Tart, they just replace Baby Shark with Jamie Tart and sing it. And I had Jamie Tart stuck in my head for about three weeks, just walking around singing it, but in the tune of Baby Shark. And it was psychotic. Do I have to do that thing now where I go, what is Baby Shark? You don't know what Baby Shark is? You don't know what Baby Shark is? I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm not a parent, but I'm still aware of what that is. I, I'm it's, not being like funny or like we're Joe. Like I don't know what that is. Does it that was make a more song sense made as to why they bring babies. up Jaws later? Like, yeah, it's a children's song, but but it's targeted towards babies. So like any one or two year old yeah. was obsessed with that song a few years ago. Yeah, it's just baby. My shark, twin do, nephews do, 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 like baby it's the shark, only do, thing do, they'll do, dance do, to. Baby shark. <laughs> I literally have baby niece and nephew, and I have no idea. I've, never, I've not. I don't know that song. You will. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure I will. I'm sure I'll know it very well. I'm sure a yeah. year from now or whatever, I'll be like, oh, baby yeah. shark. Yeah, what's up? Ted then um, thanks everyone for their time and leaves. Uh, <laughs> when she goes to pick him up for the waxing appointment, it becomes like, a, oh, do I have to stay for this? Is it a big deal? Like, is it cool if I leave? Because, you know, I wanted to get that done. And he's like, nope, it's fine. You can leave. And like a minute later is when Ted's like, well, um, all right. Thanks everyone for being here. And then he leaves himself. I was just, again, I was like, why aren't you talking to the team? Like, you basically just said hi to everybody, got distracted, and now you're just leaving. That's it. There's no speech. There's nothing. And you're so I thought that boss. was weird, too. But right before he addressed the team, he says something along the lines of, I know what, I don't think he's officially the coach yet. I, I think. No, it was already a press conference. No, yeah. So no, I know that. But as far as the team goes, I'm not sure he's officially the coach yet. He I, has I, to be. Yeah, like, yeah. You don't get knighted. Point. You were given a <laughs> yeah. job. Yeah, I just thought it was odd that he just let him leave. Like, that I could see because he's like speech. he's a little bit of a pushover. So that like doesn't surprise me. It was the fact that after he left, he's like, okay, I'm going to leave too now. Like you didn't yeah, talk to your nothing. team yet. Yeah, I was expecting like some a similar thing that had happened in the press conference. Like maybe he messes up like plays or he something like that to the team and they all just call him a fucking idiot and leave so um from there we see ted and beard in their new office and we get like this montage of them setting the whole room up to their liking and the first thing they do is they push their desk together so they're like face to face now they're just hanging up a bunch of like different sports posters of like big championship moments in that moment i think it's kind of like that's the important thing we see is that he has like a good luck daddy like drawing from a child. So now we know that, you know, he left a, you know, a family behind to take this job. Um, well, you knew that in the beginning of the episode. <clears throat> did, did I miss something early on? Yeah. When he's on the plane, the lock screen on his phone was his wife and his kid. Oh, yeah. that's right. Family yeah. That's I didn't catch right. that. I didn't yeah, catch that. He smiles that. at it and then locks it and then the scene cuts. Oh, I thought maybe he liked the default photo. No, I, I really, I didn't catch that. After they finished, Ted sees the team captain Roy walk by. And he calls him in and says, you know, hey, it was fun watching you play today. And the team really seems to respond well to you. And Roy says, thanks. Never thought I would end up being coached by Ronald fucking McDonald and walks off. 
And this is two weeks in a row where Ronald McDonald is being used as an insult. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's strange. True. It makes me sad. Like America is such a fucked up place where it's like, hey, make a, make fun of America with one character. And it's like, oh, easy. Ronald McDonald. Like, oh. <laughs> is that like how the rest of the world views us? It's like, yeah, we are McDonald's. After we just had also a long conversation yeah. between this group recently about Mayor McCheese and them bringing back <laughs> the Hamburglar, we're like, it's accurate that the other day we were like, I think in Mayor McCheese's uh, political life, he wasn't that bad of a guy. It's like, all right, everybody, we've gone <laughs> past the point here. We've proven them right, goddammit. Yeah. So after that scene, we get back to Ted in the locker room again, and he's hanging up a sign that says, Believe. And it looks like a sign that, like, a kid would make. Like, it wasn't, like, you could have a sign ordered, but regardless, he has this, like, really um shitty sign that he hangs up over the doorway in the locker room. And when he goes back to look at it, you can see that this sign is terribly crooked. Like, I don't know why he put so much time into it <laughs> yeah. and it's, like, that bad. Like, it's worse than you could do. If you were intentionally trying to make this thing crooked, you couldn't do worse than this. Some people have the gift, man. Like, you can see in pictures of, on the podcast, Race to Face the Other Way, and you can kind of see behind me, Jay, you've got a lot of frames behind you. You can see yeah. I've got frame stuff. Like, my whole house is covered in gallery frames. If I try to do that myself, it would be, like, tape measures, uh, levels, whatever. But, like, Kelsey can just look at stuff and be like, dunk, 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 dunk. She's like, there it is, five minutes. So like, that would have taken me six hours. So you know just how long it, it took to hang this backlit sign back here and it's still <laughs> yeah. crooked? Still fucking crooked. I'm usually pretty good with that stuff. I'm, I mean, not perfect. Or I'll do something like usually if I just kind of like eyeball it and like put a hand here and there and like I try to like space it with unofficially without a ruler. Like, I'm usually pretty close to where I need to be. I'm good as a secondary. If you're like if somebody tells me like, hey, walk 10 feet back and tell me if it's straight or not, then I'm good. I can like see the whole wall and the whole room and be like, oh, it's not straight to the. The problem is, too, for anybody who lives in a different part of the country than us, who we all live in. The oldest part of America, where our houses are all over a hundred years old, where it's like you can't actually gauge straight versus like because the, the walls wall, and ceilings. The, oh, the walls are just not actually anything. Yeah. Everything is so yeah. fucked up. It's also, like, well, this was straight seventy-five years ago. I know it comes into play later, and that's probably why they're doing it. But at the time, I'm like, why is he hanging this up with electrical tape? Yeah, I thought that was a weird choice of tape also. Now, Joe, you had already mentioned the censoring later, and I think that's why he needed that kind of tape in his hand. At the time, and he's hanging up this thing, I'm like, this like, it's not the right tape. Like, it wouldn't have worked with scotch tape, and duct tape would have been too big. Right. So it had to be that for the gag later on. But in this moment, it, it already flagged me as an odd choice. And then he notices, as we're saying, um, in Jamie's locker, the topless photo which I thought was his girlfriend. I guess it's not. I did too. Um, I would love to maybe hear... Maybe we cut to the tape, Jay. Yeah, cut, cut to the, the tape, tape and, and fans or people side. reach out, let us know. What do you yeah, think we'll, or we'll, can you we'll, prove we'll or disprove? So I thought it was a photo that she gave him and then he put it in his locker, which, you know, whatever. You know, that's not an unthinkable thing to happen in that situation. But anyways, Ted notices it and then he grabs some of that tape and he goes to, like, you know, use it to censor her by, like, you know, covering her breasts with the tape. As he's doing that, Jamie's girlfriend walks into the locker room and sees his head buried in the locker. And that's why I assumed it's her photo, too, because she's like, what are you doing? Because she knows those photos are there. So that's why I thought it was, like, you me know, too. she would react that way. And yeah, when she does too, that, Jay. yeah, when she does that, he jolts up and he hits his head uh, on the locker and eventually he backs out. 
And he just tries to explain to her, like, oh, I'm just making some alterations to the locker room. She says, well, I believe that sign is crooked. He asks her what she's doing there and says that Jamie left his phone in his locker and she's just grabbing it for him while he's getting waxed. And when she goes to get the phone, that's when she sees that he used tape to cover up the nips and she kind of smiles. And again, that's why I thought she saw, I thought him censoring the photo of her made sense to me because she thought he was being a creep and like looking at the photo when she walked in like of herself. But then when he noticed that he was actually covering it and trying to be appropriate, I thought that's why she smiled. But why would she have that impression if she knows that there's just a naked photo of her in view of because everybody still, that everybody can see seeing, every day? Because you're seeing someone who's like genuinely sweet actually um, being perverted in that nature. You know, like that photo, if she had g- gave it to Jamie, if that is her, it wasn't really with the intent of everyone else seeing it. He just happened to put it there or whatever. Or certainly something, even if it was in print, because it looks professional, wasn't intended for, like, all her boyfriend's friends to look at all the time while she's there. So, I I don't know. I just think it was something about him being, like, a humble, sweet man and covering it uh, meant that he was showing her a bit of respect that she doesn't normally get from the other guys. So, the picture was her. I can see your point. It was her. Yeah. So, uh, it jogged my memory a little bit. At one point, they ask what she does, and she says, I'm famous for being almost famous. And apparently she was like a like a page three girl, like glamour model at one point very briefly. And that okay. was the picture of her. Yeah. So you were right. Yeah. Because was it page six, I think it is? That's like the naked photos that yeah, are in the middle of the Yeah, page five, I thought. I thought it was page five. I thought it was page six. We'll look it up. Somebody Maybe English you guys... Know. That was stuck together. Says says the guy who's got definitely stuck together pictures of a person named Paige. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was English. Uh, uh, all my old Betty Page magazines. <laughs> boo, boo, ba, doo, boo. Ellen. Ethan. Oh, yeah, Ethan. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so anyways, after she sees that he censored that picture, she offers to help him out centering that poster. That's when she properly introduces herself to him as they're hanging the poster up together. And she says that her name's Keely. When he does the same uh, and introduces himself, she's like, oh, I know who you are. You're trending hard on Twitter right now. And he has no idea what that is. But he does know how to beatbox, which I thought was awkward. And then he just starts beatboxing. I mean. This was weird. Yes. I don't know if this joke completely landed. Oh, I don't know what Twitter is, but I know how to beatbox. Like, okay, we get it. (laughs) This like, joke does thought, not work, but I will say, uh, I hate that Ferg's not here for this because every time I bring up the Fat Boys, I know Ferg gets a chuckle out of it too because he's also a huge Fat Boys <laughs> fan. But when he beatboxes, she says, I never know how to respond to me what a man beatboxes. That you get punched is the actual response because I, to my wife, go, <laughs> anytime Fat Boys comes up in any way and she fucking hates it. And I've crazy. literally Why gotten bruises that? from this. But that's not beatboxing, Joe. If you went up there and you went like... Bismarcky got his beatboxing from the human beatbox. And beat, human beatbox would do other noises, but his his like trademark, he'd be like... 
boom, chicka, boom, chicka. <laughs> that was like his hook that he always did, the breathing thing. And I think um, you replied so quick, we really couldn't let it breathe. How awful Gordo is at beatboxing. Yeah, yeah Gordo, that's not beatboxing. Listen to this. <laughs> it was uh, not beatboxing. And then Gordo goes, boom, chicka. Guys, I don't think our rap album is going to do very well. I'd like to see you guys try to beatbox. Come on, you go around. I just did. Well, Joe, Joe exempt. Nick, I no, I can't do it, so I'm not going well, to. Well, don't don't make fun of me. Don't make fun of me if you won't even give it the gentleman's try. I think I will continue to make fun of you, <laughs> like a gentleman. So, anyways, as she's advising him of some of the things to not do if he was to use Twitter, and uh, gives him some search terms like "don't look up idiot" or your name or all these things because um, where he is trending, it's not for positive reasons. When she leaves, she says, welcome to England. And as she leaves, you can see that the sign looks worse than it did before. <laughs> it's more so, crooked somehow. I didn't understand that either. So she was she was like, oh, this guy's sweet. I'm going to help him with the sign. Did she intentionally not really help him? Like, was that the gag? No, I think she was just as uh, maybe on the same wavelength as him in a way. So after she leaves, we get to the next scene and it cuts to nighttime and it's the end of the day and you see Nathan taking Ted and Coach Beard to his car to give him a ride home. What kind of car is that? That car was like impossibly tiny. It was a, a mini, yeah. I believe. Yeah, it was like an old OG like uh, Mini Cooper. Yeah, okay. like a 70s or 80s Mini. Which they laugh at for being like, I, I feel like they're laughing at the car, but that's a really classic car. In common. Yeah. Like not like a weird like... It's not like when Urkel gets the car that has the door that opens from the front and the steering wheel comes out yeah. with the door. Like, that's a comedy, like a comical car that nobody drives. A Mini Cooper in England is not weird. No, but yeah. I guess trying to get three adult men into that car uh, where they did not have much space was, was the comedy. But they're also but, not like Andre the Giant trying to get into it. No, either, no. You know? And... Rebecca and Higgins also happen to be in the lot at the same time, and they have like a brief exchange before um, the coaches start to pack up the car. And once you catch them alone, Higgins tells Rebecca that he feels guilty about everything that they're doing, that Ted seems like he's a nice man. And then she says to Higgins, for this to work, she's going to need his full support and kind of side um, offers him a new job title with the raise. And while that conversation's happening is when Nathan pulls up in the car and pulls up next to them. And <laughs> Ted's like, look, <laughs> an invisible steering wheel, because obviously in England, they drive on the right side. So he's just so like tickled by the fact that he's sitting in the what for us would be the driver's seat. I feel like no I wheel. might do the same thing, though. Yeah, genuine laugh and yeah. totally relatable. Someone pulled up next to us the other day in a JDM Honda, which is like a Japanese import, so it's on the other side, and it blew my mind. Like, just sitting in a driver's seat and looking over and seeing somebody next to you in the driver's seat was really weird to see. You don't have to convert them to drive them in the States? No. I thought no. you'd like, yeah. oh, really? No, I don't think so. I thought that yeah, was like a usually it's Like, a lot of the post office vehicles are... Right, yeah, that's right. true. They don't need to yeah. be registered, though. But you like uh, JDM imports are huge in the U.S. You don't need to change anything. So yeah, so um, after that exchange, they drive off, and Higgins accepts the job from Rebecca, and she gets in the car and she tells him, "I know there's going to be some elements of this uh, little adventure that will weigh on you a bit, 
but I'm sure it won't be any harder than it was to sneak all Rupert's women in and out behind my back for all those years. So a little bit of like, not blackmail, but kind of a, you owe me this because I know what you've done and I could be firing you, but instead I'm giving you more money. Didn't she say something about his family too right before that? She mentioned with a raise, yeah. She was like, That'd be like you become director of football operations and a raise for your family, like to drive it home that like, yeah. But I will say, I was a little stuck. on her side when she said the thing about her husband. It was like, yeah, well, fuck this guy. Yeah, me guy. too. Yeah. But yeah, he's like agree. a, he's a hired, like, he's just an assistant. You know what I mean? Like, not still. that, it's still immoral what he's doing. I thought it was kind of weird that he's just even on the payroll then. Like, why, why didn't she clean house and get rid of this guy? How does he get to Pro- stay? He's probably, probably good at what because, he does, right? He's good yeah, at being a Yeah, I think that's what hole. it is. He's just good at but it. But she doesn't want someone who's good at what they do. She wants this whole operation to collapse anyways. Yeah, but she needs somebody in in the, the front office. Yeah, his who, job directly affects how much work she has to do. So, yeah, true. she doesn't need to train someone and get them up to speed. That's true. Also, by firing everybody else, he's the one person left who knows where all the bodies are buried, which makes her life a lot easier, even for right. blackmail or purposes like that, you know? After this scene, we get to the final scene, and Ted walks into his new apartment, or, like, it, it, it's... An extended stay hotel, probably. Flat. It's the first time he walks in and we see the welcome basket on the table for him. That said coach, not manager, by the way. Because he's not. It also said coach Coach Tim Lasso. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even notice it. I didn't notice it the first time either. I noticed it this time, though. Did you guys look into any of the stuff that was in the basket? No. So a couple things in there, right? So there's the uh, Marmite, which is like a big. It's like a spread over there, which when you look it up, people say that it tastes like soy sauce, but it has the I was say, I heard it's gross. used motor oil. Yeah. I've heard nothing is, positive about it. No. People are just like, you either like it or you don't. I think almost like Vegemite in Australia, where like right. some people like it, everybody else hates it. But there's also the book, which is the guide to Cockney rhyming slang, which I think is a very funny thing. And Cockney rhyming slang is like, like, for example, like... You say something that sounds like a word, right? That's the way it works. Like, So a porky pie is the way you say somebody's lying. So, for example, if you were to say, when Jay said he was going to do the Bobcat Goldthwait impersonation, he was telling a porky pie. <laughs> well, I said I would do it if you found a pilot that Bobcat was in. So I wouldn't say I porky pied anything. I think you're porky pieing still. As he's walking in and passes all that stuff, he walks around and he's trying to figure out like the difference in time between where he's at in Kansas, like on his fingers. You can tell just by like, uh, he's doing a good job of like, just um, with his physical acting that you can see what's going on. And after that he showers and then makes a call to his son. Although if he's worried about the time, maybe call and then shower, but whatever. And Kansas, I would guess is central time. Yeah. yeah maybe an hour so. behind us. So it's probably like a, <laughs> Four to five hour difference from No, it's like six or seven. London's five no, it'd be seven from here. Yeah, it's five or it's either six or seven. It's not seven. It's five, I believe, to London. From East Coast? Yeah. So it's six. So it'd be a six, yeah, if he's in central time. So it is Yeah, if they're five hours ahead of us. So yeah, he's probably six. Then it seems like it's probably like, I don't know, maybe nine PM. Um, well, it's later there, so it's That's earlier. Maybe his time would be like 9 p.m. Yeah, so if it's 9 p.m. there, yeah, it's probably like 3 o'clock there, so yeah, not bad. So maybe he's just seeing if he's out of school, maybe that's why he's timing it out. 
But yeah, so he, he gets him on the phone and you can kind of get from like just the one end of the phone call that it's it almost like the kid's kind of quick to rush him off the phone. Um, but he says he loves him and then he puts his mom on the phone. And then the conversation is like pretty nice at first when they're going back and forth. But then it doesn't take long before you can see that that relationship between the two is on the rocks. He invites them over to like, you know, check out the area, you know, and see where he's living. And again, you're only getting half the conversation, but he's like, oh, no, no. Like, you know, I- I'm giving you space. Like, I'm just saying if you want to come here and and he says he loves her and that she doesn't have to say it back, you know, to watch the scene. I thought he did a phenomenal job with his phone acting. Yeah. This is very good phone acting. Yeah, it is. Because uh, it really, like, it told the story. To hear half a conversation and get that full story like that, uh, I-, I thought he did a really good job there. I don't know. What did you guys think at that point? Like, did you see that coming that they weren't together? I I didn't. <sighs> no, I didn't I didn't see that coming at I all. I didn't see it coming. Especially after him, seeing though. him, like, smile at the photo of them on the plane. Yeah. And then, like, it, that, it was definitely a curveball. I think it was meant to be a curveball, too. Also, like, I don't know if everyone's yeah. ever been in that situation, but anybody's ever been in a situation where you were, like, the bad situation where, like, the relationship's over and you drop the L-bomb and they don't drop it back and you're trying to be like, no, oh. it's okay, you don't say it. Like, that is, like, a go find a cliff to jump off scenario. If you've ever been close to that and you see that happening, you're like, you immediately ache for this man. You're well, like, it's Shit, tough. That's so bad. Because I yeah. feel like they're just separated. Like, they weren't on we're getting a divorce right, yet yeah. at least from the way yeah. i'm determining the conversation so it's not like crazy for him to say it but in the moment it, it feels awful. so i have a very interesting thing about this but it is obviously about the future of the show and it is kind of a spoiler so i won't spoil anything for you guys if you don't want me to i, I would prefer no big spoilers and i think yeah off air. okay yeah, for the fans probably not yeah, yeah. okay smart yeah off air well, I don't want to know off air either. I, it's, it's about my ears. Ruin it for Jay. About, yeah. I'm tell also Porter. worried. I don't want to end the episode in case people yeah. want to find this out and watch it yeah. later. But yeah. you can tell, tell me. I will forget it because my brain is broken. Anyways, yeah, he hangs up the phone and he's just laying in bed. And after a full day of wanting nothing but to get some rest, he's just sitting there with his eyes open. He's like, shoot, now I can't sleep. And uh, cuts to the credits. And that's when um we get some Bismarck key in the credits, which was the callback to earlier with the beatboxing. Should have been Fat Boys. Well, he references Bismarcky by name earlier in the during that. Agree. I'm just saying, if we're going for human beatbox, it should be human beatbox. So, uh, yeah, that's the conclusion of the episode. Um, I don't have a lot of like tidbits about the show or facts that we haven't covered. I don't know if Nick, you probably have anything. Yeah, we covered a lot, but I will say I feel like it was a very good ending line, right? And like again, another relatable thing. Everyone's been there where you're like, especially traveling. You fly somewhere, you change time zones, and you're so wiped out, you do so much, and then you finally try to crash, and you can't. Like, that's weird and a nightmare thing that happens to us. Yeah. Well, so the last, uh, I went away a few weeks ago with Ferg, uh, who's not here, but we were in um, Los Angeles for a week, and, you know, we're going back three hours, and we our flight was 6 a.m. here, so I woke up at, like, I don't know, 3-something in the morning, our time. Which is, you know, essentially midnight there. And then when we flew there, we didn't like, I can't sleep on planes. And it was early. So we fly and then we do a bunch of stuff and we're walking around. And then that night we went to the comedy store. By midnight their time, we're 
a little bit shy of midnight, I'm like dead. I like, I'm like starting to nod off and like, and I've wanted to go to the comedy store forever and we got a good amount. We're there for a good amount. We're already there for a few hours at that point, but it's like, I realized after like, I've been up for 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> like it this is a long you, day. It only happens in those scenarios. And yeah, your body starts starting to yeah. turn when... on you. I did 28 hours. I think the first time I ever went to California. And it was, like, for a bachelor party. So, like, you have to go out. You have to go do this thing yeah. with people. And you have to, like, just keep maintaining. By the time I got back to the house, I was hearing voices. I was so tired. Yeah. Whenever we go over to visit our in-laws, it's it's always a nightmare. Because going over there, not so bad. You can sleep. I don't have any problem sleeping on flights. So, it's just an overnight you sleep. But coming back, it's you leave at like seven in the morning in, uh, you know, Polish time. And then you land at like nine and in then, the morning. Yeah, you land at like, I think it's like two or three p.m. in our time. And you're like, what the fuck? But you've been on a plane for like 13 hours and done layovers. Having gone both directions, I would say coming back from the West Coast sucks hard. No, I'd say coming back from like Europe is way harder to adjust to because yeah, I think when I, I left Germany, it was like a 6am flight and the way it worked out, I landed at like nine or 10am here. So yeah, you're up that whole flight, which is like an eight hour flight. And then it's still the first thing in the morning when you land. So you have to go through the whole, I think I crashed at like two or three o'clock that day for like a solid six hours. But um, you got to like pump your veins. It, but it, I like, think the point is it sucks either direction. Like you yeah, don't think about how much it's going to affect you, but it does until it does. Yeah. It was similar uh, going to LA. Just for the same reason. Cause we're going, you know, right to left. So by the time we get there, yeah. it's a 6am flight, but we're landing and it's like 10am, but it's like, we've already been up for so long and there's a whole day ahead of us, but it's that but morning yeah, that makes it so hard. You're, whether you slept on a plane or not, when you get back to wherever you are and they're like, oh, it's 6 a.m., you have to really figure out how to navigate that day. And then you're afraid to fall asleep because then you can't sleep that night. Then you still want yeah. coffee, even though it's not coffee time for you. The whole thing is a weird mess. Yeah. But to um, button all this up, I think it's time to get into the green light or cancel. It's been a pretty long episode. So uh, Ferg's not here. So we are at a point where we could potentially tie. We're going to have to wait and find out how he votes. But to go along with that, make sure you go to s1e1pod.com or s1e1pod on Instagram because it will be a graphic. So once we have Ferg's official vote, that will end up on uh, as an Instagram post and will be shared to Twitter and all that stuff. So you'll be able to find out the final voting that way. But we might not get to that point. It might be a, a you know one way or another with the four of us. So, uh, Nick, I'll start with you. Yeah, I don't think it'll be surprising that I'm greenlighting this. I picked it. Um... This is, um, Joe mentioned the term earlier, but it, it the fish out of water scenario is not new to television, right? Like, this is something that's been done and done again. But uh, it, it's, it feels new in this scenario for some reason. I really like the way that they're doing it. Like I said, I'm not a soccer fan. I wasn't a huge uh, Jason Sudeikis fan either. But this show grew on me. Like, uh, not like, like show, like a show hasn't before. Like this show like really exploded for me personally. I know it kind of exploded, you know, for everybody who likes it too. But, um, uh, it's just a lot of the character, the, in this pilot alone, like I really 
am excited to see where the characters go and like Joe had said, which players they're going to pick to become, you know, part of the ensemble. Like what's going to be interesting about them? Where is this story going with Rebecca trying to tank the team? Um, Because you kind of get the, uh, from my remembrance of watching the first episode, you kind of get the vibe that they want Ted to fail and he's not going to, right? So I want to see if that's true or not. Um, and there's a lot of things I want to keep seeing about this show. So it's it's an easy green light for me. Gordo. I'm actually going the opposite way. I'm canceling this. I did. I didn't think it was a bad show. It was not a sitcom. It got far too dark at the end. I did not like that at all. Not for a pilot episode that's supposed to be a sitcom. I also did not like the Ted Lasso character. Like, I don't know what it was about him, but, like, you can't be that comically stupid. Um, I liked Coach Beard more. I liked uh, the, the owner, Rebecca. I liked her a lot. But it's it, it just, there wasn't enough of the comedy aspect for there wasn't enough of the sitcom aspect for me and i didn't really like ted and i thought the ending was dark so that's a cancel for me joe kind of in the middle between gordo and nick um with gordo that it does get a little dark and i don't necessarily think it's a sitcom and with nick that i do like all the characters the laughs do work for me and i do like the show if anything i kept thinking about i don't know if you guys saw the show or watched it winning time which is the hbo show with um john c Riley about the lakers in the 80s oh it's, i, do, I, do oh, know no, I wanted to see that though yeah. it looks good it's great we could never do it because it's clearly more of a drama it's also an hour long so like we could never do it but if you liked this and you love john c Riley, which who doesn't love john c Riley? highly recommend Winning time, it was great. And this show, it's very, very similar, right? Like, new coach comes in. He's an owner, but, like, new coach, new owner, whatever. Team, new players, fish out of water, money, blah, 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 all this stuff. It's really interesting. And this reminded me a lot of that. And that show gets kind of dark, too. And I love that show. And it was one of those shows where, like, you know, you sort of watch and you're like, I wish I didn't watch episode one when it was new. I wish I waited so I could watch all of them. You have to wait a whole week per episode sort of thing. Uh, so that I'm kind of happy. I liked this show. I don't have Apple TV. I might have to get it though. Cause I would watch all this. And then you're even more intrigued to watch a show like this when you know, you can just go through three full seasons of it. Um, it's a light pass because I don't think it's a sitcom, but I did ultimately really enjoy it and did kind of want to see where it's going. So it's a green light for me. Yeah. So, um, I was a bit conflicted myself. Um, I thought the show was good. Uh, it's it's tricky because we, we always get into this and there's times where we go, it's not a sitcom. And then it's like, how much do we penalize the show, though, for it? I was just going to bring that up. We're not deciding whether or not it's a sitcom. We're At this yeah. point, we're just deciding if you liked it. If it, yeah, If we're so- doing a podcast about it. Then you just kind of got to accept the fact yeah. that it's because that's kind of our know, fuck up. That's not the show's fuck up. They weren't like right. Check it's not out their this fault. hit new sitcom on Apple TV. Yeah, like we just we're like oh, it's 
Jason Tanakison. It must be a, a sitcom. So, um, so that's kind of us. Um, so with that in mind, watching the show, I was entertained by it. I liked it. I didn't love it. I could see myself watching more of the show. I wouldn't say that there was like any character that I was super connected to. Like Ted Lasso's character, I'm like still on the fence about. I don't dislike him, but like is his kind of weird mannerisms and like the things he says, like, do I like it that much? Like that he's just kind of like this um, kind of simple character. I don't know. I, I wish there was like one particular character that I love. Like that's what those shows always have is like that one side character too that you really love. And I, I don't have that yet with these guys. Not to say that as they develop, but I don't know. There wasn't a lot of like these huge, big, memorable things for me that that stood out. But um, I, I'll say there's enough there that I enjoyed it to greenlight it. But it's it's pretty soft for me as well. It could have went either way. And I feel like a lot of shows we've done recently, we've had kind of those, like, not definitively, like, not great, not bad. Um, Like I said, this kind of was a B-plus show, according to ratings, and which is good, which, you know, good enough to pass. So, uh, like it, not love it, enough for me to green light. And with that being said, um, three out of four, so kind of regardless of Ferg's vote, there will be a well, green lighting. Ted Lasso. So congratulations to you. Uh, still, you know, remember, go to S1E1Pod.com. We'll have that full graphic up with Ferg's vote involved. You can find our Instagram, Twitter, everywhere you listen to us. All available, S1E1Pod.com. Rate, review, subscribe, do all that stuff. Drop us a message. We like talking to you guys. Um, let us know what shows that you want us to cover. That stuff helps us. Uh, it helps you. We're doing the shows you want to hear. Also, give us ideas, shows we didn't think about necessarily, even though the list is seemingly never-ending, but um, we've, we've done a bunch of shows that were picked by you guys and ended up having a lot of fun with them, so keep up with that, and it's just fun to hear you guys and kind of learn where some of our fans are from, and very appreciative. But do not keep you guys much longer. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you. Goodbye. I think we got the best sleep count. <laughs>